welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it! Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody at home, and welcome. This is Punch It, writing in Star Trek. I am your co-host, Tristan Ardell, and with me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene Schmidt. We Okay, so today, we took a week off, but we're coming back with Fury, and we actually, uh, for those of you who don't follow us on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that, we have some exciting news about our own personal lives and how you and I have interacted in those personal lives. What happened last week? <laughs> well, we actually did get to interact in real life, and... That was because you came to L.A., you had a, a video shoot to do for your work, and we got to meet up for dinner, and so my husband and I, we drove out to Burbank to meet you, we did some dinner, we had some fantastic Thai food, chatted for a little while, we didn't have too much time, like, ideally we would have taken the night and recorded an episode, but that just could not happen, <laughs> it, it didn't quite work out that way, you were on a pretty tight schedule, we had things that we had to do, but for that glorious, whatever it was, hour and a half... Something like that. We got to sit down and chat and talk. We got a photo at the end. And it was so much fun because this was only the second time in our whole lives that we have actually met in person. It's really funny because that's actually why we weren't able to give you guys an episode last week is because I was traveling and this was a last minute travel thing. So we weren't able to record early or anything like that. And uh, we, we even thought to ourselves like, oh, maybe we could squeak an episode in, but just schedule just didn't allow it. But yeah, we were, um, we, we met two years ago. Is that right? Two years ago for the first time in person at Las Vegas. It was um, yeah. Star Trek Las Vegas convention, the 50th anniversary Vegas, right? Was yeah, it 50th? Yeah, it was or, 2016. Okay. Yep. It was, yeah, the, the 50th anniversary. And it was insane because we've known each other for what, seven years now? <laughs> And it's been a good long while. Yeah. What was it? 2012? Somewhere around in there. And we yeah. were, like you said, it was the second time we met in person. And it's just so funny because we text each other every day or every other day and talk to each other video chat wise at least once a week. And it's so interesting because I we know each other so well and we're such good friends, but we've only been able to reach out and feel each other's presence twice in our entire <laughs> right. friendship. Yes, yes. And it's kind of a surreal thing because of the fact that our friendship is limited by distance. I'm nowhere mm. near Chicago, you're nowhere near LA. So when things do actually intersect and our paths can cross, it's like, oh, hell yeah, I don't care where you are. I'm going to make sure <laughs> that we have a little bit of time. It's so cool on the very rare instance that it really does happen just because it is so rare for us. I think that's why there are people out there who their thing is conventions like that is where their extra money goes towards like not yeah like not taking you know vacations overseas or you know like four star five star dining or or extreme sports or anything like that their money goes towards conventions because they get to meet and see people and hang out with people who normally they wouldn't or they're just online friends or distance long distance relationships and friendships and i totally get it my first real convention, like I went to one convention in Chicago. I went to two conventions in Chicago, but of course didn't know anybody when I went. But when I went to Vegas, I met everybody who I've known for years on Twitter or, you know, through Trek FM yeah. or the Nerd Party. And 
it was just so much fun. And what was really fascinating to me was we actually got video of you and I meeting for the first time and we're screaming. Yes, thank you, Darren. Yeah, thank you, Darren, you know, who's also on uh, SETI Alpha uh, 3 on the Nerd Party. Go check them out. It's our Star Trek show. Go to the nerdparty.com. But like we're jumping into up and down, screaming, hugging and everything like that. <laughs> but then when we met the second time, I was just like, oh, it's Char. And <laughs> yeah, it was a lot more sedate. I don't want to say the magic was gone, but it's like, hey, I know you. Give me a hug. Yeah, exactly. It's just like I have a friend who lives 30 minutes south of me. And because life gets in the way, we very, very rarely get to see each other. But, you know, like I've known him for years and I see him every once in a while. I'm just like, hey, buddy, you know, bring it and give me a hug. But because we had that one instance out of the way where it was that one monumental time where we've known each other for years, but it was the first time we got to physically meet that happened. And then the the quote unquote normal friendship syndrome seeps in and you're just kind of like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's Char. You're like, I know Char. I talk to her every week. So here we go. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, indeed. And you got to meet my husband for the first time. Yes, yes. I got to meet your husband very much. And it was so great to meet him and learn more about his hobbies. And because uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's nerdy just like us and just in different ways. Very different ways. We have completely different worlds, in fact. But and sometimes that does us in very good stead too where oh, we you know we connect on pretty much every other aspect of our lives except for these couple of things and that's good for just for our own individuality <laughs> you know it's not good to have every single thing in common that would just be a little weird now before we get into our topic today because we do have a topic people uh one thing that <laughs> we want to remind you guys is that we have a contest going on where you can win a physical copy of Dayton Ward's Star Trek Discovery's Drastic Measures. It's a phenomenal book. We want to give it away to you guys. All you have to do to enter is go to iTunes and leave us a review for Punch It! Writing in Star Trek. You leave us a review. We'll know when it's entered and we'll uh, announce the winner on the show. But if you want to help us in the process, what you can do is once you uh, enter it, it doesn't always pop up right away, but you can uh, screenshot your entry before you hit enter to show your username and what you've written. Or you can do it after the fact, like once it actually posts on iTunes, screenshot that, send it to us through Facebook or through Twitter, or you can email it to us at punchitatthenerdparty.com. Only new reviews are going to be considered. We apologize for that, but yeah. it's the best way to keep track. In the future, maybe we do something for everybody who's helped us out. But I'd love to do that. Uh, but for this particular moment, yeah. yeah we want to generate some, some new blood into the iTunes reviews because it takes two minutes of your time, but it really helps us out spreading the word about the podcast and whatnot. And especially if you do the whole thing where you screenshot and share it on social media, that's going to generate more publicity for us, for the contest. But then it also helps us reach out to you if you're the winner. When you guys write us a review, obviously we don't get your email, we don't get your address or anything like that. No, no. And so it helps us kind of verify who you are if you send it to us ahead of time. Because if you don't send it, send it to us ahead of time, what we're going to do is we're going to announce it on the show. And then we're going to say, hey, cool guy 55, email us at this email address so that we know where to send it and everything like that. Like you are the winner. Right. And then it's on you. Absolutely. So everybody go and do that. It really helps us out. And you're entered to win a free book. We're going to ship to you for free. 100% free. You yeah. get it. You get to read a great Star Trek novel. And a real book. Not an ebook. A real book. A real book. Not an ebook. Not a PDF. A real book with paper. And uh, because we were off last week, we didn't think it was fair to you guys to uh, not get another notification. So we're extending it a week. We're going to go up until probably on or around April 19th 
is our release date, but we might, you know, announce at the next show. I don't know. It, like, it, it all depends. It's going to be no sooner than April 19th is when yeah. we're, uh, we're going to announce it. We'll, make, we'll give you more concrete deals a little bit later. But the, the yeah. point is, right now, you've got a little more time. So if you haven't put in a review, now is the good time. Just pause this and do it right now. Do it while it's on your mind. <laughs> all right. So topic today we're keeping it kind of loose we're keeping it kind of free you and i were texting we're just like what are we going to do what are we going to talk about and we haven't done a good character story in a while where we've written it on the fly and so i think today would be a great day to do that and i have nothing i have nothing prepared zero zilch (laughs) yeah the only thing that i want to maybe pitch in terms of an idea is i would love to do a story about a character and I don't have an idea for which series, but I just want to give a character that didn't get enough love some love. It's interesting that you put it that way because the only thing that I was going to mention was last, uh, like over the weekend, I did a Star Trek question of the day. Where yeah, you did. That was so cool. Where Thank you. Uh, where I asked the public, hey, you know, what's a character that didn't get the love that you wanted or didn't get the story arc that you were expecting when you started the show? And I got a lot of great answers like Zial, Guinan, Travis Mayweather, all very obvious choices. Uh, but one <laughs> yeah. character that I got more than once, actually more than a couple of times that I was kind of surprised to get was Tuvok. Mm. Yeah, you know what? Tuvok does get overlooked a little bit when you, when especially when the show becomes the Janeway Doctor and Seven show in the later seasons. But does he? Because I always felt very fulfilled in my Tuvok journey. You know, the thing is, is he has some very good lines, but I don't know. How much do we really know about Tuvok? Really? Well, I feel like, I feel like that we know a lot. I feel like we got his backstory when he was growing up and he was struggling with, um, with logic as a young man uh, and like his love for an obsession for another woman. We know all about his kids, all about his wife. And it's just, I don't know. Like we, we know about his experiences as a parent. A little I, I, bit. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's the richest character, but... No, okay, so we no, know a few no. things. Are you saying that we should do a Tuvok story or we shouldn't? Well, really, like, it's... <laughs> I'm Are you trying to segue? I, no, I'm, I'm bringing it up because I wanted to get your opinion on that because uh, I could easily be wrong. Maybe it's because I love the character and, like, I kind of soak up his episodes when we get them. Maybe I'm a little skewed here. Maybe I'm a little uh, ignorant of what other people are feeling. So if you feel that way... And I love the character, and I'd love to go back to Star Trek Voyager for this week. Oh, okay. So you want to do Voyager? Yeah, I think if you want to go with Tuvok, I think let's go with Tuvok. Okay, I have no problem doing a Tuvok story. Let's do that. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so we're going to go do a Tuvok episode. That's all we know. So um, we'll get out the whiteboard, scrub it down a little bit. So with Tuvok, it does just because we're doing a Tuvok story doesn't mean we have to do it between seasons one and seven of Voyager. We could go, you know. (laughs) I was hoping we wouldn't. Yeah, we could go before he gets on Voyager. We could go, you know, when he's infiltrating uh, the Maquis. We could go when he's at the Academy, when he's a young man. We could go post-Voyager when he gets home. Yes. Now, okay, refresh my memory. Did we or did we not do a story where we wrote Tuvok's basic basically his initiation into the Maquis where he gets in with Chakotay and his ship. Did we do that way back onto the journey several years ago or am I completely making that up and is that something else entirely? 
No, we did. I remember that <laughs> now. Yeah, we I never am sure anymore. I read so many things like fanfics and then you've got the novel verse and then all the things that we've done and it's all sort of this weird jumble in my head canon. I was going to say, I was like, we have 720 or so episodes of Star Trek and we have, you know, hundreds of novels, over a dozen movies, 190 episodes of To the Journey and 65 episodes of Punch It. Uh-huh. You're, you're gonna get you're gonna get things screwed up but we, yeah we did do an episode of his initiation into the maquis we made him a total badass we and did it was a really good story i remember, go back I and remember that, that now. now so i think yeah. we should avoid that i think we should avoid that let's do that you know post voyager i think is good ripe fertile ground for some sort of story now in the novel verse which of course we don't have to adhere to whatsoever I'm just kind of right. saying it as a uh, as a factoid an anecdote in the novel verse I do believe that he's the first officer on the Titan Really So it says right here that he was not the first officer of the Titan I got that wrong but he was on the Titan in the in the novels like currently he's the tactical officer and second officer of the USS Titan but according to the STO timeline Star Trek Online the video game He's the captain of USS Voyager. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, okay. he's a commander in the novels and a rear admiral in the STO. Huh, okay. Clearly, I, I have not read the Titan novels. I'll just flat out say that. Speaking of which, though, SETI Alpha 3 very recently did an episode where they wrote a pilot for the Titan series, which is awesome. People ought to check that out. Yes, everybody needs to go and check that out. Go to the nerdparty.com, select SETI Alpha 3, and you can find that episode. It's great. Everybody should check it out. Yeah, that was really cool. I need to pick up the Titan books. For one thing, Captain Riker, hello. Two thumbs up from this guy. <laughs> I knew that, yes. But yeah, some good stuff there. So Tuvok is on the Titan. Do we want to go with that or do we want to do our own canon? Let, let's do our own thing. I mean, like if he winds up on the Titan, that's fine. But So you want to do post-Voyager. Like, How about we yeah. start, you want to start like right after Voyager or a little ways after or... Mm. I don't know if I have an opinion one way or the other. Are you leaning in any particular direction? I'm thinking like, let's make this every once in a while. We'll do like a short story or a novella, like not necessarily an episode of any show or even a full novel or a movie or anything like that. So let's do a short story, a novella of Tuvok post Voyager. That sounds good. And take it from there. So let's, okay. So this is our beginning point. We're doing a short story all about Tuvok post Voyager, post uh, homecoming. Okay. Okay. So you kind of floated the idea of, I don't know if it was your idea or if you thought somebody else had done it, but that he's teaching at the, at the academy. Do you want to run in that direction? Well, I don't know if he was necessarily teaching at the academy, but like I could definitely see Tuvok teaching at the academy, though, because uh, for one thing, he has done it before. Mm -hmm. And then he had to whip those uh, rebel Maquis misfits in learning curve, which didn't quite work, and he had uh, problems with people not adhering to the Starfleet way, that might be a return to comfortable territory for him, but I don't know if that's the most interesting avenue to go. I think it could be interesting where if we if we begin there. I, I, I like that idea because he's done it before. Maybe Tapel convinces him, listen, you're done with deep space. We got to move on. I don't want to be away from you for this long again. Even though we live a long time, let's settle down a little bit more. Our kids are grown. They've got grandkids to yeah. attend to now, and I'm sure he doesn't want to miss anything with that. Plus, I'm sure beaming from Earth to Vulcan is a lot easier than uh, being on a deep space vessel and all that. Like, the, Yeah, this is kind of like maybe settling Ooh. down a little bit, going into more stable territory. Yeah. I think you mean taking a transport because you can't beam from 
what I mean is it's easier for him to get home. Yeah, he can't you. transport, but <laughs> he can get home every night, probably. Every night? Well. Are you kidding me? No, come on. No. <laughs> I guess it depends. Maybe in the Kelvin verse you can, just because you can beam over to Klingon. I, I mean, to Kronos, I mean. We're going so, to ignore that little bit from uh, Star Trek. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all um, right. I'm making all of that up. <laughs> but let's, let's, okay, so I think in order to keep it interesting, I think you're right. Like, we, I don't think we can stay there the entire time. It's got to be this, I know it's a trope, but let's send them there where the beginning is like a prologue to the short story where he has that conversation with Depel, where like maybe Riker offers him a position on the Titan as soon as he gets back, but in uh-huh. our universe, he turns it down. Because Tapel wants him in a much more stable position. And so he's like, okay, well, I can always go back to the academy. And that's what they do. Flash forward one or two years. And he's teaching at the academy and he's super bored. I'm having a hard time imagining Tuvok bored. Well, okay. So maybe bored is not the right word. Because I, I'm assuming that Vulcans don't get bored. Right. I think how they would phrase it would be unfulfilled. Unfulfilled. Yes. Maybe even restless was the word I was thinking. Okay. Okay. I could see that. I could see that where he's getting that itch again. Yeah. He's getting that itch. Like, is it a deep space mission or is it another deep space mission or is it a dangerous mission where maybe he has to go undercover again or maybe they need help with training an elite squad, you know, something like that for a dangerous mission. Now, there's a nice logical progression right there. Is he working with cadets? Say, like what Nog was doing, where they have that elite force. These are very specialized young people, and he's going to be there to guide them on some dangerous paths here. Okay, here's something that we could do, and let me know if you're into it. Okay. So he's he's teaching at the academy one to two years after they get back uh, from the Delta Quadrant. He's not doing any deep space, but he feels a little unfulfilled. And so he is thinking about quitting and going back to Vulcan. He's like, maybe he wants to spend more time with his grandkids and everything like that. Like he's transitioned out of deep space. Like maybe he needed that. He needed a trans. He couldn't just go cold turkey back to Vulcan or out <laughs> of Starfleet. He needed to transition out and, you know, like calm down for a little bit and teach. But he realized he's like, okay, I need to move on. Like I'm done with teaching and I need something a little bit more exciting. But of course, this is all Vulcanized, you know, <laughs> like, um, the, yes, you know, yeah. He doesn't Frame use these for terms. Vulcan, yes. But like he's going to talk to an admiral or like the head of the academy or whomever it is and tell them like I'm going to transition out. This is going to be my last year. And at the same time, that admiral's like, okay, before you, you know, rotate out, before you quit teaching, what if we gave you a special assignment that's a little bit more towards your strengths and a little bit more exciting than just teaching the history of tactical events and, and the history of maneuvers and things like that and he's like okay i'm intrigued perks up the little eyebrow and they say like (laughs) we need you to train red squad that would be cool now one nice little thing is we're going to have to have a scene where he convinces his wife that this is one last thing one more mission and then i'm really done for sure i promise okay so you want to make this a one last job trope instead of the whole like you don't want him to to do this permanently you want it to be just one more gig or like one more round. That's what I'm thinking because if he's going to go to Vulcan and spend more time with his family, he'll inevitably find something to do on Vulcan. But for the time being, like, yeah, if he's kind of bored with Starfleet and teaching at the Academy and he's going to focus more on his family, this one last exciting mission is sort of like an outlier, an aberration. I don't see him, even though he is a little restless, he's like, well... 
I'm going to be on Vulcan. I'll have my grandkids to try and keep tame, you know, because they're such unruly Vulcans after all. <laughs> but I'll have to start a new life there. There will be a challenge in that. That will be great. And yeah, I see him as maybe just more leaving Starfleet behind. Okay. He's seeing Starfleet as the problem, maybe. What What about this? Like, that is his plan. That's what he tells the Admiral. He's like, okay, before I leave, I won't leave right away. I'll give you an extra three months to train these cadets for Red Squad. But after that, I'm out. And through this journey that he takes training Red Squad, he realizes, like, he's like, I'm not ready to retire on Vulcan just yet. <laughs> yeah, I do definitely see him changing his mind. And so they ask him to be the official head of Red Squad, where it's just like every single time we get a new Red Squad or a new year of cadets or anything like that, you are there to teach the best of the best in maneuvers, in captaincy, in fighting, in martial arts, everything, just basically everything. Like the dudes, he's a security chief, he's a leader, he's been in Starfleet forever, and he's, you know, he's wise beyond his years, and he's in the triple digits. You know, he's all that. And so, like, this is a gold mine for them. So you you like that idea where he's just like, okay, I'm out. But then he's just like, I need to stick around to make sure these kids are okay. Yeah. Oh, totally. I definitely think Red Squad is the prime opportunity to make that happen, too. Just because these are such high-functioning kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> His conscience isn't going to just let him do a little bit and then completely break off and go and hope that they're going to be okay. He's going to see that continued involvement is really valuable i think the big dilemma for him though will be separation from family right what does his wife think what do his kids think he's been away for so long already he's really going to do this but at the same time he knows he belongs here and he's fulfilling a very important purpose with this how is he going to find that balance how is tuvok going to i don't want to say rationalize this but how is he going to make it work? I think that's what we need to figure out. I think before we get into the guts of the story, like at the purpose of Red Squad and their missions and everything like that, and the reason why he comes on board, I think we can solve a couple to kind of jump to the end where he decides, listen, this is amazing. They need me. I feel fulfilled. I'm going to do this. Tapel, we can stay on Earth a little bit longer. I think how he can justify it is by living part time on Earth as well as on Vulcan, because the nature of Red Squad is fluid, where it's not an everyday job, where like you train intensely for maybe three to six months, but then you have six months off or something oh, like that. That's perfect. That's perfect. He'll train for six months, go back to Earth or Vulcan or wherever, and be with his family for six months. That's the compromise that they make. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. it's maybe it's even like a school year thing where he trains during the school year and during the summers he spends it on Vulcan and because you can totally do that. You know, like something along those lines. So instead of living full time on Earth and just going to Vulcan for high Vulcan holidays, he actually <laughs> says he's like, No, I'm gonna be a snowbird or like I'm gonna split my time half and half. Something to that effect. This kicks it in gear where he tells the Admiral, Yes, I will do this, but I'm not gonna be here every month of the year. That makes some sense. That's cool. And maybe at the heart of the story, compromise is kind of the theme. I like that. I like that a lot. So that's our overarching thing. That's ultimately what helps Tuvok kind of come to a resolution to make everything work, make everybody happy. Okay. So if compromise is the theme, and I love that, by the way, <laughs> it's all about, you know, like give and take and figuring out what each other wants, whether it's your wife or your job, your kids, or even your students. 
you know, figuring out what's best for everybody as well as yourself. Why bring Tuvok into Red Squad now? What's going on with Red Squad? Are they used for a mission? Is it a very important mission? You know, is Starfleet doing something stupid? You know, like, are they abusing <laughs> these kids? Not literally, not literally abusing these kids, but like, are they abusing the purpose of these kids? Like, are they using them as like a Section 31 type deal where because they're, they're young and they don't know any better, they can get away with stuff? Or do we not make Starfleet nefarious because that's so, you know, blasé <laughs> and prosaic? But what's the reasoning? Like, why bring in Tuvok now? Mm, that's a good question. Well, we, I mean, we kind of saw with Nog's storyline that not everything was completely good with having these kids under so much pressure. Right. Maybe they're finding that this program, maybe it serves a good purpose, but maybe it's just not functioning in the way it was in, initially envisioned, and they need somebody to maybe smooth this out and make it beneficial for the people in it instead of breaking them down and giving them problems and setting them up for uh, i don't know no no i like you're you're going on a great track i love this okay so like so okay so we know that like whenever we've seen red squad red squad crap has hit the fan where when we saw him in tng somebody died because of a starburst maneuver with wesley and when yeah. we saw him in deep space nine with nog the valiant the uss valiant was destroyed and tons of kids lost their lives and so maybe this is just like a small section of what has happened to red squad over the years and so they come to tuvok and they say listen this program is not working some people want to get rid of it some people say it needs to be revamped some people say we're not taking the kids far enough Tuvok, we need you to completely redo the system from the ground up and figure out what's best, not only for the kids, but for the program, but for Starfleet and the Federation. And so he sees it as a challenge because he's a teacher and because he's a, a decent Vulcan. He wants to take care of these kids and not abuse them and their talents and their intelligence, even though they are the best of the best. He's like, he doesn't want to treat it like the military anymore. He wants to mm. treat it as much more of an intellectual exercise with emphasis on physical training, which, I mean, I know some people say, well, that's what the military <laughs> is, but he takes it from a much more holistic approach. Something like that. I don't know. Fill in the blank. That makes some sense with Tuvok. That's kind of what he tried to do with those Maquis. I kind of like how compromise is going to fit into this. Because yes. with Red Squad kind of being in trouble, he needs to find how to maximize the potential of this great idea, but without killing so many people and setting the, maybe like, you know, maybe they've had a couple of uh, red squad members who have gone on in their careers. They started really stellar, but because they had, they were under such high pressure at such a young age, their careers have fallen apart. You kind of see that with really uh, high profile college football players, you know, they go to the pros and then their careers just collapse. All of that. Love the, all of that. I love this train of thought. Like, I, like the compromise where I, I would love to see Tuvok kind of go at it from a much, much softer approach. But, I mean, he's still Tuvok, so he's going to be hard as hell. But it's going to be of course. it's going to be hard in a different way. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, he's going to have to develop these kids in a healthy way. They might yes. intellectually be incredibly smart. Emotionally, they might not have the intelligence to be dealing with the things that they're facing. And maybe that is where that holistic aspect is going to come in. He's going to help it all come full circle. 
I think that's a great idea. And for anybody who is actually in the military or was in the military, obviously, I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to military training. But with this specifically... <laughs> Gilfus, please help. Gilfus will always help us. Yeah, Philip Gilfus, who's also on SETI Alpha 3, he, he'd be able to tell us, you know, like what kind of approach... Like, there, I'm sure there's many different approaches, but for the purpose of this discussion, we're just kind of doing broad strokes. But yeah. I, my wife and I watched a documentary series... I couldn't tell you for the life of me what it's called. It was just a couple of days ago, but it was about how Adderall has penetrated our college campuses like crazy where oh, yeah. so many kids are taking Adderall because it feel, they feel like it gives them an edge in studying. It doesn't increase their intelligence, but it increases their focus. And so, right. you know, like all these kids who don't have ADHD are taking ADHD medication and it's screwing with their personalities. It's screwing with their dependencies. And so many kids think, okay, I'm just going to do it during finals because life will get easier once I get into the workforce. Well, surprise, surprise, life doesn't get easier when you get into the workforce. It only gets harder. And so we have all these 25-year-olds, 35-year-olds, 40-year-olds taking Adderall in their jobs just to stay above the rest or compete with the best. And so what if something like that was happening within Red Squad where because Starfleet was asking so much of them, they were actually taking pharmaceuticals in order to stay the best of the best? Oh, I like it. Kind of like this hidden drug epidemic. And Tuvok is the one who finds out. Okay, so he's going to discover it. He's not going to go in addressing it. Yeah, he's not going to go in addressing it. He discovers it along the way where like maybe he's seeing some irrationality pop out. At first he thinks that, oh, it's just because, you know, they're not used to his teaching style or maybe he's missing the mark on some things. But logic isn't working in this situation where he's just like, this doesn't, like we see him and he goes to Depel or he goes to a colleague or he goes to a friend. He says, he's like, this just isn't working. I don't, I don't understand. I do this and I do this and logic dictates that they should react this way or this way. Some people are saying, hey, you know, like not everybody reacts that way to logic. Not everybody reacts logically. And he refuses to believe that. He says, he's like, no, there has to be some other factor that I'm unaware of. Well, this goes back to learning curve once again, where he was thrown for a loop with people who would not just conform to his little view. So maybe introspectively, he's thinking, oh God, it's happening again. How do I change tactics? I've been around humans for a lot more. I know that they're not the most rational, but this is really irrational, even for humans. Right, right. right. He, yeah, he, he still knows something else has got to be up. This, this is not normal for human behavior. And of course, there's got to be some aliens involved and maybe he's seeing the same pattern it's affecting them the same way. And so that's kind of Detective Tuvok kind of has to come in and realize this is not just a human thing. This is right. red, a Red Squad thing. That's very important that it's not just a human thing because we're going to see, you know, maybe we'll see some other Vulcans on there. Maybe we'll see some Bolians or, you know, like hell, we might even see Ooh. some new Ferengi or Klingons. Who knows? What if, what if there is a Vulcan that is acting really irrationally and like he goes in like thinking maybe, oh, you're about to go into Pond Far and they have to have that uncomfortable conversation. Maybe that's how he discovers it where it's, okay, it's not Pond Far. What is it? I like that idea. I'm a little wary of that because that feels a little too inside baseball where like it takes yeah. a Vulcan to know a Vulcan. I don't know. Like I, I kind of want it to be, here's why. And you can tell me, no, shut up. I like it, Tristan. Um, <laughs> but like okay. I kind of want him to discover it not just in one individual but like discover a group of them. So we know that it's not just one bad egg, you know, where, where we discover, oh, where, you know, where it's just like, boom, this is, this is a group problem. I want him to like walk in on something 
or discover like these people, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe like there's one person who refuses. What if we turn, okay. What if we turn that on its head? What if it's one person who refuses to do it? And Ooh. Oh, I like this where maybe this one person isn't quite measuring up to the majority of Red Squad and this poor person can't figure it out. They're giving it their all, but everybody else just seems to be edging them out. Mm-hmm. And we don't know why. Maybe this person is showing great leadership skills, great intelligence, but yet their physical stamina and their endurance is way lower than the rest of the crew. Yeah, like abnormally unusual. Yeah. And then we find out that, I don't know, like we find out something where like he or she tried it for a little bit and then stopped. And so he's going through withdrawals. I know like something like that where like he's the one who kind of, he inadvertently Mm. exposes the rest of them, but just by his, his inability to keep up. I think we could go with that where maybe this person has known about the the majority, let's say a good three quarters of Red Squad is doing, Mm -hmm. finally caves in. But then maybe there's like this hangover effect where if you don't keep doing it, you are going to crash hard. And then that ultimately is the discovery. That's kind of the tip off for Tuvok. I feel like maybe, I think we're saying the same thing, but let let me add something to it to complicate it or less complicated. I don't know. Where, okay, so he's, this guy's underperforming. But Tuvok hasn't found out what's happening yet. And then all of a sudden, one day, he's just like, boom, he's keeping up with everybody. He's doing this right. He's doing this right. His stamina is there. His test scores are there. And Tuvok is like, wow, you've really turned yourself around. How does that work? What did you do? At first, he thinks it's his teaching. But then he digs. That's what causes him to dig a little deeper. Okay. Is this person, you know, shifting around. And then all of a sudden he's, but the thing is he starts acting wildly different personality wise from what he used to like. So his scores has advanced, but his personality has changed. And that's where Tuvok realizes that something's wrong because with the rest of the crew, they've always been that way. And that's the only way that he's known them. But and now this, this one, guy's just falling in line. And this person's just falling in line. And maybe he has a special connection with this, with this student, with this cadet. And that's what, that's what kicks it off where it's just like, okay, you've improved, but you've also changed in a bad way. And that's what starts the Tuvok investigation. I like it. Okay. I also love the idea where maybe Tuvok has taken this particular student Mm -hmm. under his wing, sees the potential in this person, and wants to give them a little special attention to see if some one-on-one, some extra one-on-one is ultimately what's going to bring this person to the top. And no, it's it's ultimately just the drugs. (laughs) Right, right. And so like he he feels like he's failed as a teacher once he finds that out. And that he's failed this individual because they were trying to live up to Tuvokian standards. And maybe he even threatened to wash them out if they if they didn't improve. And so that's when he realizes, once he discovers all of this and he, you know, he exposes it and he moves forward and he reports and everything like that, he realizes that he was a part of the problem where he was pushing these kids so hard, specifically this one kid, by holding them to an unrealistic standard. That when he went in to change things, he realized that he was also just stepping in line with the rest of Starfleet turn, like, and, and pushing these kids too far. And that's what makes him realize, is that, realize that he needs to stay. He said, he's like, this is going to take longer than six months. This is going to take longer than three months or however long. I need to revamp the system. Now that we know that drugs were involved, pharmaceuticals were involved, we need to change the psychology of it, the pharmacology of it, the physicality of it. <laughs> I can't just expose this. And then walk away. Right. They, oh, that's great. That, yeah. That's, yeah, that, me, that makes perfect sense as to why he can't leave. He wants to help fix the problem. 
because you could just say, oh, let's dismantle this program. It's not working. It's a big, huge problem. But Tuvok says, no, this is fixable. Right. And it can it can do good, but we need to do better by our cadets. And I think, and then he goes and he talks to the Pell and have a heart, heart to heart. And then that's when he says, he's like, okay, I'm going to do this, but we're going to change the hours. We're going to give them time off to focus on their studies. You know, <laughs> like we're, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. And when that's happening, I'm on Vulcan and then everybody's happy. He realizes that he needs to compromise his teaching techniques and he also needs to compromise his career goals in order to spend more time with his family and his grandchildren. Yeah, he's got to take time for him too. There you go. Which, I mean, that's not a very Vulcan thing to think, but sometimes the needs of the one do matter. (laughs) Absolutely. I think this is a good story. I think we can wrap it up there. Yeah. Uh, Red Squad did steroids. That's ultimately (laughs) what we did here. (laughs) Basically, this was the after school special of Red Squad. That is essentially what we made. Starring Tupac as the teacher. How do I reach these kids? These kids. Oh my God, we did that. um, We totally did that. And I didn't even realize it for 40 minutes. Oh, I did. The moment I said drugs, I was just like, oh my God, this is the after school special. Here we go. Oh, well. Uh, This this is the the dare episode. Um, (laughs) Just say no, kids. uh, But yeah, so I think this could be named Compromise. I think that would, like, we love our one word titles. That is what the story is. It's Compromise. So fair enough. Let's not overcomplicate it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, listen to us on and go to thenerdparty.com for all of our back episodes as well as our, all of our other shows. we got Star Trek shows, Star Wars shows, a Harry Potter show, General Geek, everything that you can think of. So please go and you can also find us on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash thenerdparty on Twitter at joinnerdparty as well as on Instagram. Uh, remember to go to iTunes, write us a review and uh, if you write us a review uh, in the next couple of weeks, make sure to uh, screenshot it and send it to punchit at thenerdparty.com and or you can send it to us on Facebook or Twitter. Thank you so much. Next week is a mystery to us just as much as it's a mystery to you. But whatever we do, we're going to punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.